what if I told you that I had for you a series with a very profound, meaningful message at the start, and then as it went on, kind of just became uh, boiled down to its base capitalist components and sold off for scrap, and that I could teach you guys all about it. What would you say to that? Is it that Westworld series of director person that makes all those shows that like starts off really sci-fi and mysterious and then just devolves? I don't think that's right, Fran. I think this is a real outlier situation we have here. This series that we're going to talk about is Godzilla, the king of the monsters. And then the intro rolls. I like that. Yeah, I like that. I was just going to cut in here and, and fr- you know what, Fran, why don't, why don't you just kick it off right away? What, oh, why, what are we doing here? Let's, why, oh, why wait I'm not around? Doing, I, not just interrupting you all. No, Sorry. no. Why don't you just, why don't you just hit it off the bat so that we okay. can just kind of roll with it, you know, just have some all fun. Right. All right. Welcome to the Lore You Know, a podcast where some friends dive into the fantastical and often convoluted lore of media that we grew up with and love sometimes. And here to bring you the mostly correct facts about made up things this week are me, Fran. Me, Ethan. And I'm CJ. Uh, I come to you once more as your humble lore master because we have important business to discuss. I do currently have a mustache, and I will be the first to say that this can be surprising if you're physically looking at me. Yeah. Um, But don't worry, by the time you're listening, it will be gone again, like so many whispers into the breeze. So many whiskers in the room. Oh, Ethan, you came to come do a podcast. You brought the comedy today. That's excellent. Thank you. Uh, because I am livid and oh. uh, excited. An angry mustache? Yeah, this is an angry mustache. Uh, I, I, I do feel, I feel like a white man can sell anger better if he has a mustache. Right, and like... like and, and like a, a split haircut down the center that like slowly gets more like frayed as he gets more uh, mm. exacerbated. Yeah. 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 Exasperated? Exacerbated. Okay. Exasperilla. Um, I, I feel like I have so much to talk about. It feels like it's been so long since we recorded, which I guess it has. I mean, it's before all the holiday season stuff. Mm. So it's been a long time that we, you know, that we've gotten back together. But we have decided to come back after the holiday well betwixt the holidays with a a big one a series that has spanned 70 years it is so big that people often separate it in the same way they separate japan's different eras like it (laughs) It has seen but the emperor. It has seen many of the different eras of Japan, so they just divide out the the movies by that. It oh, is seriously. It's actually I love that. Actually, absurd the amount of contents we that that we have 
but I'm excited to talk about it because we're going to have a lot of insight. You know, we're going to have a lot of laughs. And, you know, we already did a series about Japanese allegories for nuclear armament. So, like, who knows? Like, we're going to already have so much baseline knowledge. We're finally going to be able to build. You know how sometimes you split yourself and you never really get a chance to, like, build any of those mm -hmm. skill sets individually? Well, this time we are. We're going to, we're going to, you know, we're, we're just going to talk about it. We're, we're, I do wait, truly I'm... think that my base knowledge for Godzilla, like percentage wise of like knowledge of it is higher than my base knowledge of Christianity. Okay. Yeah. That, yeah. that actually, <laughs> that, I mean, that, that's a good, that's a good like barometer, right? Like that. Yeah. If you aren't religious, what else is there? There's kaiju Godzilla. fighting. Right. Yeah. Okay. I can, I can buy into that. Uh, so just to, uh, just to set the stage a little bit here, um, what, what we're talking about, uh, I believe the first Godzilla movie was in 1954. Uh, it was titled Godzilla and it was a, uh, it was an analogy for nuclear war. Um, the, obviously the bombing of of Japan happened in 1945 and throughout the fifties, the United States and Russia were constantly performing nuclear tests for, uh, science reasons, but also just to show off science to each other. Reasons. Yeah. Just to, just to be like, look at, look, look at how big our explosive goes off. And a lot of those tests were in the Pacific ocean for those who don't right. know. They were, they were trying to see, which side had the biggest phallic-shaped explosion at the end of it? Pretty interesting. Sometimes. Pretty interesting, though, that the most powerful bomb makes a big dick. Though <laughs> makes makes you think, that, doesn't it? Makes you that's think so, that's, that's a, what I'm a naturally that powerful would, shape. That makes me wonder. Then why do you why do you have to do no shave November to bring awareness when you could just drop bombs? Well, they do that too. Yeah. Oh, okay. Speaking of, uh, today's a great day. Re recording on Henry Kissinger is dead day, so that's that's very fun. Uh, that's fun. Can you, this, can this you is not... help those in the audience who don't have the historical knowledge and hasn't heeded our warnings to go watch Crash Course? Um, he's basically a war criminal who uh, expanded the Vietnam War and included neutral countries like Cambodia and just did a bunch of genocides there. He didn't do them personally, but you know he signed off on them. So. Uh, also hated the Godzilla series. Right. Yeah. <laughs> truly, truly a bad guy. He said, I didn't like them. They were all in moon speak, he said, whatever that means. And uh, and I'm glad he's dead. So that's great. So I'm feeling great. You know, the, everything's coming up. Team us. And now we get to talk about Godzilla and all of the many twists and turns that this series takes. Uh, Fran, what do you know about our, our charming protagonist for the series, Godzilla? Um, I know that Godzilla, once again, is an allegory for the devastation of nuclear testing mm -hmm. um, on From, nature. Because we, we just said that. Yeah, right? but I knew that before, and I'm pretty sure <laughs> if you sure. rewind to previous episodes, I have referenced it previously when we talked about nuclear holocaust, but you know, it's fine. Um, the Godzilla monster kaiju comes from the ocean. 
Um, mm-hmm. I have to make sure I'm not getting it mixed up with Pacific Rim because I think Pacific Rim is where the kaijus come from the Mariana Trench, which mm-hmm. is probably not where Godzilla comes from. Um, Godzilla fights a lot of monsters like uh, Mothra. Yep. And mm-hmm. uh, King Kong. Yep. And um, Mecha Godzilla. I know that because mm-hmm. there's a keychain of that hanging in our kitchen. Nice. Um, so, yeah, and there's some fighting going on and it's a great time. Okay. Yeah, that's that's yeah. great background knowledge. Uh, I'm not going to ask Ethan because he's a dweeb who likes giant mechs. So I'm sure he's seen all, a lot of at least adjacent stuff. Um, but uh, don't worry, Ethan. I've got a little. I got a few little surprises down the line. I think you're gonna like as well. So I got a little something for everyone this episode. I'm a, okay, cheeky, I'm a cheeky little. I'm a cheeky little trickster this time. That's great. I was expecting to not like any of this, so I'm glad to hear that you got. No, or two. we gotta. We gotta have some fun sometimes. You know, we we have been talking a lot of bad things, and we'll, we'll continue to do that today. That's, you know, that, <laughs> that part won't change. Um, but we're going to have some fun with it, you know? We're, we're just going to be cheeky little guys. This will be like, a, this'll be like, oh, which episode of The Lore You Know should you watch? And they'll be like, ah, oh, the Godzilla one. That one's fun and cheeky. CJ has a mustache. It's great. Um, from my research, and these are just rough estimates because it's really hard to pin down. <laughs> um, there's no less than 33 movies that were filmed by the Toho studio in Japan and no less than six American movies that were filmed in Hollywood or are they considered Canon? We'll get to that Fran. This Uh. is, this is another great part about Godzilla. They don't give a fuck about Canon, which, you know, at this point, that's great. So you're telling me, you're telling me they're not trying to create uh, a singular universe wherein all of the series is canon? Well, like the Dooku. I wouldn't say they're not trying to do that. But right, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll get there. We're still in the 50s right now, so let's... All right, that sounds like a way better place to be. All right. Let's travel. Yeah, I mean, as long as you're a white man. Um, yeah. All right, let's let's go then to that original Godzilla film, which is going to lay a lot of the groundwork for, at the very least, like what we should expect from a Godzilla film. And I, I would say a lot of the Godzilla films, at the very least, stay true to the heart of, at least the Japanese ones, will stay true to the heart of what Godzilla films are supposed to be. Um, first off, apparently there is a lot of misinformation on the internet about the origin of Godzilla's name. Apparently, people said that uh, it was just originally Gojira in Japanese, and American studios wanted to make it more, like, cool. So they're like, we'll call it Godzilla, and that's how we got the popularized name. This is untrue. This is a myth. Uh, Originally... The creators of Godzilla came up with a Japanese portmanteau, which they like to do a lot, of mm-hmm. of Gorira, which is gorilla, and Kujira, which is whale. And the idea was they are combining both the size and strength of a gorilla and whale, thus Gujira, and then which just became Americanized to Godzilla, which yeah. is okay. the Japanese 
uh, you know, Westernization team just came up with that because that's basically just what the anglicized version of Gujira is. Okay, I can yeah, go with that. that. That sounds like, you know, the terrible naming conventions <laughs> that like Japanese stuff sometimes uses. There is oh, also yeah. a myth, a legend, unsubstantiated, that there was a guy who worked at the studio who was like a big dude and he loved eating whale meat. And so they called him Gujira as like a gorilla whale eater guy. Um, okay, and then that sounds they, kind of rude. And then they basically liked that name. And so they made their giant monster that name. And then apparently the guy who they called that, he was like, oh, cool. They made my name into into Godzilla's name. That's that's epic. That's apparently like a, it's like a literal wives tale. Like one of the wives of the producers <laughs> like, like recounted this story. Uh, it, it's, it's kind of charming in, in its own way. Uh, but as a person who runs many D and D campaigns, who has to come up with fake names all the time, in my experience, I would say they came up with they probably had Gorira, and they're like, that's a pretty cool name. Let's make it more, like, reptile though. And then they decided to merge it with whale, and then it sounded like Gujira, and they're like, ooh, that sounds pretty good. Let's just do that. Yeah, that, sound, that sounds more correct based on Pokemon. So, in the store, the original Godzilla, uh, the Americans and the Russians are testing a bunch of nuclear bombs in the Pacific Ocean, and all of this nuclear explosion disturbs the natural wildlife of the Pacific Ocean. And from, yes. from the deep depths, it awakens something very ancient. It awakens Gujira. And they, so they made a fictional island where he is first spotted. And then this place kind of keeps coming up whenever they do a lot of like nods to the original every time they make it. So. Uh, an island called Odo Island, which is a fictional Japanese island, because in American cinema, we make up cities in the Midwest that don't really exist when we need like a fake place to talk about. But I guess in Japan, they just make up an island that's small. And they're like, yeah, it's Odo Island. It's Kanto. It's whatever. <laughs> so on Odo Island, they spot this creature for the first time. Uh, for some reason, people really care how big Godzilla is at any given point. I mean, so, of course. So in this one, he is 50 meters tall, which is pretty big. Um, what is that, that in American nothing. units? Yeah, that's, that's I believe it's like 160 feet, or maybe it's, like, maybe it's 140 feet. So it's like a 14-story building off the top of my head. Um, that's accurate. There we go. That's a that's a measurement I understand. <laughs> right. Skyscrapers. Yeah, us in the Midwest definitely know what a fourteen <laughs> story tall building looks like. We see a lot of those around here. I I wish that you had done it in football fields, as that's my my yeah. Can we have tongue, it in yards? But... A meter is pretty close to a yard, so about fifty football fields. No, not. Why? That... <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Right, half <laughs> half a football field. Half a football field. That's actually that's 50, not that big. That's, that's not, not that. It's big. not that big. It's not yeah, that big. That's not that big. Uh, what was the problem? I don't know. Um, I mean, just, well, were, unfortunately, at the time, Tokyo was mostly thirteen stories tall. It's not and about, so he just 
something like that. They don't make buildings 13 stories tall. It's an unlucky number. Or is it? It's a different one in Japanese. It's like different in Japanese. It's like five or something. They don't have a fifth floor because it means like death. Four. So it means death or whatever. Yeah. She. Uh yeah. Also, that's some... Tokyo was pretty much razed to the ground during World War II because of the fires and such. There was a you lot know, of I can't fire imagine bombing. The buildings are terribly tall. It's been of the Godzillas. It's been, it's been nine, nine years. It's been nine years, and there's a there's been the economic miracle in Japan, so they're doing fine. Um, but just not more than fourteen stories tall. Fine. I don't even know if that number's right. And the more I think about putting a 14 story building on a side, the less I'm confident that it is half that a football field tall. Yeah. But I'm, I'm over it. I'm past that. It's 50, 50 meters, whatever that is in freedom units. They are Godzilla shows up and Godzilla is pissed off because yes. he was he was napping peacefully at the bottom of the ocean floor. And now he's been all woken up. And so he's rampaging through Odo Island and mm-hmm. eventually, I believe he moves to Tokyo and starts ripping the place mm-hmm. up there. It is well documented that Godzilla is a metaphor for nuclear armament testing and nuclear armament in general. And the uncontrollable nature of the powers that be, as well as the backlash of nature to uh, having that kind of constant bombardment of radiation and like what it what mm-hmm. it does how it corrupts the natural order turns it into a monster etc cetera, etc cetera. uh and so the movie is pretty straightforward it's pretty much godzilla running amok it's all about the hubris of man and then there is a scientist known as daisuke serizawa who is a doctor of i don't know technology i guess anyway he invents a device called the oxygen destroyer which uses dangerous it is. It's extremely dangerous. In fact, it's even more powerful than an atomic bomb. Uh, oh. I don't remember why he was working with it, uh, but he is well, not... same reason why Russia and America were. So. Well, now, he is a peaceful man. He does not approve of war. <laughs> well, that's why we started working on the he Manhattan was, Project, he too, was, right? He was doing research on something called micro-oxygen, which doesn't make any fucking sense. And I haven't seen the movie, and I don't even know if the movie would be translated. It's from the 50s. So I don't know why Dr. Sarazawa was making the oxygen destroyer. I just know that it is a powerful weapon. Is that are we is that fair? Yeah, I'll suspend my disbelief. It's a I, powerful I will... <laughs> weapon made by a very pacifist man. I will yes. prove I will I will I will redeem Dr. Sarazawa in in time. Um okay. anyway, the uh Godzilla's running amok. It's a big problem now. And the Japanese government is like, we need something to defeat Godzilla. And Dr. Sarazawa's team is like, Dr. Sarazawa, with the power of the oxygen destroyer, you could, in theory, destroy Godzilla. And he goes, No, 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 I can't use my research. The oxygen destroyer is too powerful. It's too destructive, and if the world learns about its power, they're all going to want one, and it's going to be nuclear bombs 2.0, and everyone's going to have another arms race with another new, stronger thing, and it's going to be bad news. But eventually they're like, Godzilla's unstoppable, and if we don't do something, we have to do it. He's like, fine, I'll do it, but I'm going to be 
there. You know, it's my device. I know how to use it. I'm going to be there to use it and watch this. And then he, he sets fire to all his research and he goes, now I'm the only one who knows how the oxygen destroyer works. So all, all of right. the, all the information is in my brain. And wow, so he didn't have any interns. He, no one else knows how the oxygen destroyer works. And he got rid of all of his research notes and it's all inside of his brain now. And he goes, I will help you defeat Godzilla on my own terms. And they go, all right, all fine. Right. We have no other choice. And so he takes the oxygen destroyer out and they take a boat out into the Pacific Ocean and they lure out Godzilla and they go underwater. And I guess the oxygen destroyer like sends out all these bubbles and then the bubbles are the micro oxygen. And then that is what basically like melts organic material. Uh, they used it in like they tested it once and some fish and the fish just turned into like fish skeletons. And then the skeletons turned uh -huh. into, they just dissolved. I'm so, a little concerned if oxygen is what destroys organic matter. So I think just a little bit, this might be a stretch and I'm not sure about the timing of it, but this might be a reference to like hydrogen bombs. That's my take on mm. it is like how they're kind of the next step of bombs and how they're even more destructive and hydrogen mm. is like a gas and they were just like, well, let's do like okay. oxygen. That's another that's gas. A, that's a gas. I that, mean, they I mean, they're, helium. They're making but... movies. Helium's very stable, Fran, as I'm sure you well, know. But uh, they, they're making movies over here, Fran, like we've talked about before. And like I'll talk about later. People who make movies don't actually know anything about anything. True. So Dr. Sarazawa tells the rest of the team, he's like, get out of <laughs> here. I'm going to detonate the oxygen destroyer. It's going to kill me also and Godzilla and the knowledge of the oxygen destroyer will be oxygen destroyed and no one will be able to make it and will kill Godzilla. And then that is what he does. And he dissolves Godzilla and Godzilla turns into a big pile of bones and then the pile of bones dissolves away and they, they achieve victory but at the loss of many human lives and then one of the, one of the, people goes oh we've defeated godzilla once and for all and then another one goes no as long as mankind tests nuclear weapons there will always be another godzilla and that's how the movie ends mm. and fortunately for us how heavy-handed that was fortunately for us that sets up basically <laughs> 70 years worth of content right yeah that's definitely uh, do you do you think that they were trying to make a statement or do you think that they were like, ah, yes, the content machine must churn? I really believe at this point they were just trying to make a statement. Like, it's all very planned. Uh, this is a, a, a like a very well-crafted, if you're looking for like a good movie from the 50s, by all accounts, this is like a, a good one to go back to as like a time capsule, but also as like a, a an example of a movie that has a story to tell that is told in metaphor, which uh, is kind of a lost art. You get some of that today with things like Nope and, and the other Jordan Peele movies are, are very steeped in metaphor and, and praised very highly. Um, but a lot of times you also get other movies like the modern Godzilla movies, which don't really have a lot of messaging <laughs> behind it, which we, uh, we will get to. But that is the original Godzilla 1954 version, and right. it is it created an idea that was so popular it lasts 
strongly very like the 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 impact that this has on both Japanese and American culture to this day cannot be understated. I'm really surprised actually that it got taken from Japan and distributed in the US. Did you do any reading about how that even happened? Because Yeah. uh, So, I mean, like all things from Japan, it was a little delayed. And I think I think the main sell was was monsters like Mm. that's cool. Americans like monsters and they like I I do think that a lot of the nuance was perhaps lost on the American audience on American translation. Right. Which is which is like super important because one of the things I want to bring up, too, is I obviously really like Japanese media like I like anime I like the movies that come out from there I like a lot of the like culture things they have and yep I'm always going to be ingesting that media as a person from the only country that has dropped a nuclear bomb and watching media from the only country that has had a nuclear bomb dropped in it like there's no I'm aware of the like the the disconnect that I have mm-hmm. and like everyone else should be too. And you can like that's part of media literacy, right? Is like understanding mm-hmm. w- what the the people who Greater are making context. Yeah, what the people who are making the thing are trying to say, where the people making the thing come from, what their background is. Like I am never going to know what it is like to be Japanese because I have only ever been American. And even if I try and relate via media that people make there, I'm not going to be able to understand fully because I'm not like, I I just don't have that background, but I can say about the lore because that's well-documented and that's timeless and ageless. (laughs) Yeah. Unfortunately, Japanese uh, media has just a lot of beautiful cultural like reference that is lost on us. Like, we just don't understand here that giant anime titties mean something, you know? Yeah. Like they're they're a metaphor, probably for nuclear war. Right. Yeah. I uh, I was yeah about halfway through that I was starting to pick up what you were putting down. We're gonna go through some of the eras because I don't want to talk about. I mean, obviously we can't. We're only gonna talk about this for like an hour, and there's just so much. But like I said, they are split into the eras of. Japanese emperors that they had for a while. So yeah, the original Godzilla is part of the Showa era, which is Emperor Showa. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then that goes all the way up to his son, which is the the Heisei. I think Heisei. It's Heisei. The Heisei era, um, which came after him. Okay. Um, and his son, the TriStar. Well, <laughs> is that what? So through the Heisei, the Heisei era, um, we start to get to the turn of the millennia, and that is where we are going to split up a little bit. So over the course of, from 1954 up until about 1998, Godzilla was Japanese only. They only produced them in Japan. It was pretty much always a guy in a suit and, you know, scale models, smashing through buildings and stuff, um, and... As the series goes go to, go on, as the series progressed, it became less about Godzilla as like a symbol of man's hubris, um, and it became more about how kick-ass it would be if Godzilla fought a bunch of other monsters. I mean, yeah, and that's, yeah, that's pretty cool. There's all sorts of storylines about 
different versions of Godzilla. Like we said in the original one, the original Godzilla technically died. Um, they have follow-up sequences where uh, <clears throat> when Godzilla was killed, actually their bones were left behind and then they cloned a new Godzilla from the bones. Uh, oh, there's, yeah. there's another version of the story where Godzilla just never dies. They just retreat back into the Pacific Ocean and they show up again to fight other monsters. Um, this is also important to note. I, if you are a well-read weeb, you would be very familiar with this, but, uh, Godzilla is part of a type of media that we all often call kaiju media because kaiju means monster in Japanese. Uh, so Godzilla would be considered one of the most recognizable kaiju and uh, specifically, I, I guess a lot of people call them daikaiju, which just means really big kaiju. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know if a 14-story tall uh, Godzilla that only fills up half a football field is considered that Well, big. Godzilla has gotten big. That's one of the other reasons people are really concerned with how big Godzilla is, because he tends to get bigger as time goes on. The mm. mm. larger, larger scale. Um, and and really you just have to make the scale models of the city smaller to make them look bigger and so that's actually right. easier like you have less model <laughs> or, to build or you can just have a taller man maybe see or maybe you should man. go be dressed up as godzilla that's actually we'll make a scale city around you there's a there's a high demand for, a for, for tall white gaijin to come over to japan and play different kaiju because they're, because they're bigger no. right yeah, and they, they don't they don't care. You're in a right, yeah, and there's, they're like use that American accent. You sound monstrous ah. to us. <laughs> oh, it's awful. I uh, love it. Hey there. The models the same size, but Godzilla looks bigger. Yeah, no. Yeah. Ugh. All right. <laughs> um, Didn't oh, mean to oh, step on oh, you oh, there. Oh, sorry. Oh, <laughs> oh excuse sorry about me. That. Excuse me. Let me oh. scoot right past you. Well, and that's a that's another good point, friend, because as Godzilla progresses from the original movie through the Showa, through the Heisei era, um, he becomes less of a unstoppable monster that is destroying Japan to a not really protector, but like the kind of lesser of two evils a lot of the time. He's like a uh he just likes to fight other monsters. He's not as interested in destroying Japan as he is in fighting other monsters. Okay. So he's kind of like, this is my turf to destroy. Right. Stop it. Exactly. This is my area. So, so yeah. he's, he's kind of like, he's not, um, he's not the good guy. There are every once in a while, like good guy Kaiju that he will fight just to mm. like, be like, I don't care about you. Um, but there's also like, there tends to be more, more evil or kaiju who are going to destroy everything. And they're like, what if we were able to lure Godzilla into the fight and then he will take care of our problem for us. And they're like, okay. And this is the, this is the like inflection point that I really want to get across because we're going from Godzilla being the unstoppable force of nature that exists to punish mankind's hubris for what they've done to nature to, now mankind can kind of control Godzilla enough to deal with other threats, which is in a lot of ways, the literal opposite thing. Like mm -hmm. they, they're not, they're not able to just like control Godzilla, but they are able to like 
trick Godzilla into helping them against these bigger mm-hmm. monsters. So and now that- we're seeding clouds. Yeah, uh-huh. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so now Godzilla has gone from being a purposeful metaphor for nuclear war to an accidental metaphor for capitalism. For, yeah, and Cold War, even, if you would, if you could believe. So we get to the turn of the century. Um, we're at 1998. And this is where the Japanese say, all right, Americans, uh, we like money. And you're going to give us some, so why don't you make a Godzilla movie? Why don't you make the 1998 American film Godzilla, in which Godzilla attacks, I believe it's New York City? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And America was like, that's cool. That's great. We love it. We're going to redesign what we think a really good Godzilla will look like keeping in mind that Jurassic Park, the movie has already come out. Yes. Which now hearing, now hearing uh, Godzilla and thinking about Jurassic Park while you were talking already. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, you're saying- I feel like Michael Crichton definitely borrowed a lot. All right. Listen, listen. Um, I, all right. I'll, Godzilla. I'll talk, I'm going to talk a little bit about the old ones because we're going to get the, we're going to get out of the old ones and then we're going to, we're going to go forward. We're not going to think about them anymore, <laughs> Okay. but they're, they're really fun watches. Uh, there's a lot of spinoffs that are in the Godzilla style. Uh, one of Lizzie and my favorites to watch, mostly because we watch it through Mystery Science Theater, is the Gamora series, which is mm. Gamora's a giant turtle who is a friend yeah. to all children. Hey, everybody. This is CJ from the future. Uh, Lizzie heard me say Gamora like 15 times in this recording, and then afterwards let me know that I was saying it wrong, and it's actually Gamora. So just want to throw that correction in there, and I, I don't know, be aware it's going to be wrong a bunch more, so don't at me or whatever. Um, and so it doesn't give a shit when all of the adults are like dying to giant <laughs> monsters, but if there's little kids in danger, Gamora will show up, and Gamora flies around. It like pulls its legs inside of its shell, and then rockets come out of its shell, and it spins around through the air to get everywhere. Holy shit! It can <laughs> That's use, amazing. It can use this ability to fly through space, which is also very of cool. Course. Godzilla and Gamora unfortunately have never met in cinema. That it's like mm. a it's like a DC Marvel situation over there. Mm. So like their rival companies, the kaiju companies. Um, but a crossover between the two would be fantastic. I don't know. I don't know if this podcast has any reach over in Japan, but if anyone who can make things happen, and they have a lot of similarities. Um, let's talk about some of Godzilla's powers. Obviously, giant reptile. To dispel another myth, a lot of people think that Godzilla's origin story is that he was a regular lizard that got radioactive Mm. wasted and turned into Mm. a big lizard. I think this is the plot of some of the movies, Uh, but generally Godzilla is just a big monster that lived in the Pacific Ocean and got disrupted. Right, they got disrupted by the the nuclear explosions and stuff. Um, A big one, Godzilla, as I have pronounced them through the episode, is a he. Uh, canonically got big dick energy. Um, <laughs> this might be confusing, you might say, but CJ, doesn't Godzilla have a baby in some of them? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he's he, a big ocean monster. We don't know how that shit yeah, works. He does. Um, again, seahorses, male seahorses uh, give birth. Again, we go, it's like I go to the altar of 
the content wiki and I like kneel down and pray and then like a beam of light shines down and then it's just like a shitty book that's it they just like throw it's like wet and they just throw it at my feet and I flip through it and I'm like oh great the community has something to say about this um apparently there's a thing in uh science real science uh uh-huh. called uh parthenogenesis parthenogenesis uh, which is the thing where a creature can replicate itself uh, without doing sex, yeah. um, which from my understanding in nature is something that I think only female creatures mm-hmm. do. They'll just lay eggs that are already fertilized with basically genetic clones of themselves, which is very cool. Um, it just said on that, that wiki thing that you pulled up an egg or a sperm, I think. Well, I mean, at that point, it's neither and both because it's just going to turn into a little baby. But it doesn't matter because Godzilla is a woke king who can lay his own (laughs) eggs with babies inside of them. So, yes, Godzilla does have baby Godzilla at a certain point. Um, And yes, Godzilla is a man and he can just do that. Um, This is also going to be important when I talk about the 1998 one. But let's talk more about Godzilla's powers. Godzilla is a nuclear monster he feeds on nuclear energy um this means that he tends to attack nuclear power plants because it's like a big food source um same with bombs they try to nuke him all the time and he just kind of slurps he slurps it up yeah it's actually a good thing for him um in some of the movies they nuke him to feed him so it's just kind of like okay <laughs> sort of, if you're trying to if you're trying to kill him it's like a flawed plan from the start how um, did japan get their hand on nukes to feed him uh japan has nukes now i mean it, oh, it, there's a lot i didn't oh, think yeah. they were allowed to no they, they are. just can't have a standing army or uh, something where would they put it france such a small country why um, would you need a standing army when you have a bunch of nukes when you have a bunch of nukes yeah who's gonna invade china oh that's a little foreshadowing <laughs> for the future finally a very famous Godzilla power is Godzilla's atomic breath, which yes. manifests as a laser lightning beam that shoots out of Godzilla's mouth and is often accompanied with Godzilla's uh, back spikes, kind of like radiating yeah. energy. Um, yeah. And it's very cool looking. It's very so awesome. Cool. Um, Godzilla also has the ability to do like what has been called a radiation pulse out of its mm-hmm. spines um which has sort of a nebulous effect of shielding it or blasting things away or kind of just whatever it needs to do at any given time Uh, but for the most part for the most part godzilla is known for being a giant reptile that is very strong very resilient and has a laser breath which is called the atomic breath and and can fuck itself and can fuck itself and make babies as needed and it's very cool Um, as as needed the reason i brought up gamora is because i don't know which came first gamora flying or godzilla but at a certain point godzilla does gain the ability to fly via (laughs) via shooting a atomic breath behind it like a jet engine which mm. uh, propels it through the air, which is very cool. Wait, wait. How does so it, it asks shoot it first? Behind, yeah, how, yeah no, I say, it, how does it no, shoot it, it behind it sh- him? Well, it shoot, well, he turns around. It's in front of him, but he's like, he uh-huh. moves backwards. Oh, okay. He's, he's like, fire, he's 
breath in so one just direction. Just as Ethan imagined. And then yeah. he flies backwards in the other direction. Okay. Right, yeah, so he's like ass first flying. He's ass, he's, he's ass, he is ass first, yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Just, Love it. That's it's, nature. If you saw that in nature, you'd be like, I'm majestic. <laughs> Maybe there is a god. <laughs> uh I think that's really all I had to say about the the uh, the Showa and the Heisei Godzillas. Um, they're really fun watches. Uh, they don't have a lot to say about society, but uh, it is Godzilla fighting a lot of monsters. Um, Where do the other monsters come from? That's a great question. Space? Yeah, so... There have been storylines where Godzilla fights King Ghidorah, uh, who is a three-headed flying dragon. Uh, in the Ooh. old in the old stories, King Ghidorah is indeed a space dragon that comes to Earth to dis- to to conquer Earth. Um, Western dragon, Eastern dragon. Uh, West, how West, he is. Li- imagine uh, he is he is sort of a Western dragon, but he has no arms. He's just got two more heads instead. Okay, so not like a cloud serpent situation. Not a cloud serpent. It's it's got a a regular body, no arms, three heads, and a tail mm-hmm. and feet. Yeah, okay. you so know. You know the the three-headed dragon in the new Zelda games? Hmm. No. He doesn't look like that one. He looks like the three-headed dragon in the original Nintendo Zelda game. I'm just going to envision the Hydra from Hercules a little bit. Pretty close, but with wings. Yeah, precisely. And before Hercules cuts off his head to make like 50 Yeah, obviously there's not more than like... And that. he's golden. He's not purple. Ooh. Yeah, he's very okay. cool. He's King Ghidorah. King he's, a, he's a king. King Ghidorah. King Ghidorah can has some drip. King Ghidorah is one. It's King Ghidorah. In case you're wondering what I'm saying, sometimes they just call him Ghidorah, but he is one of Godzilla's most fearsome foes. They oh. often rival each other in strength, and their fights come down to the wire. Um, he, I guess, conquered Venus at one point. I guess there was a wow. thing, yeah, yeah. There's things on Venus to conquer. And yeah, Venus he, is fucked up over there, man, with that then, runaway greenhouse effect. Right, Brains that was, diamonds. That was probably him. crazy. Yeah, and and this is one of the ones where he is the greater evil, and humanity needs Godzilla to save them from King Ghidorah. Venus. Oh, right. Yeah. I'm um, basically. Basically. Yeah. Now, so you know, it's like on one end of the spectrum, there's there's King Ghidorah, the three headed dragon of from space, and then on the other end, there's like a really big fucking moth. You know? Yeah, Mothra. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a really such a big moth. Mothra is it a cute moth? Yes. Mothra's, there's some really cute fuzzy moths. Mothra is Mothra is the opposite of King Ghidorah. Mothra is a purely benevolent monster. And why the gonna, hell is he fighting it? We're gonna talk about Mothra later, um, because I really like Mothra. But okay. uh generally speaking, Mothra is there to protect humanity. Um, Thank you, Mothra. And, and, Godzilla, and Godzilla's fighting him because Godzilla's not a like a good guy or a bad guy. He just fights other big monsters. That's his whole All thing. Right. So, All right. um, but Mothra is almost like Mothra's like always a good guy, always fighting on the side of preserving humanity in some way, shape, or form. Um, there's Rodan is another big one. Um, Rodan is like a flying pterodactyl monster uh in some oh, iter- i've seen that one yeah, yeah in some iterations he's like flaming uh but he's cool. always like he's always like a big pterodactyl um i think 
some monsters in Pacific Rim might have a little bit of influence from some of these. Uh, but, Probably, yes. <laughs> but not enough to invoke copyright. So, Of course not. Of course not. Um, there is also, dis- I'm not going to say this right, Destoro, Destoroya, Destoroya, Destroya. It's hard beautiful, to pronounce. Beautiful pronunciation. No, you are perfect. Destoyera. Destoyera. <laughs> Destoyera. That's it. Okay. It's Destoyera. Destoyera. I feel like I'm saying it perfect. I'm saying it perfect now. Um, Destoyera is, I, the original origin for Destoyera is all of the micro oxygen in the water that originally killed Godzilla actually uh-huh. didn't fully kill Godzilla. And also it interacted with the sh- like crustaceans in the water. The shrimp? The shrimp okay. in the water. And All it, right. it mutated a bunch of shrimp to collect together to create a super being out of its small individual shrimp parts. And then that being coalesced together to create destroyer. Dis- does it just look like a big shrimp? No, it looks like a big, oh. powerful dragon monster. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, cool. That one is notable because that, I believe, was one of the monsters that ended the Heisei era. That was one of the mm. last big monsters that Godzilla fought, I believe. Um, okay. And then in many iterations, as you have already mentioned, Fran, uh, there is some form of Mecha Godzilla. Sometimes it's called Kiryu. Uh, mm. but it shows up all the time and every time it has like a different origin story because it's just a big <laughs> robot that looks like Godzilla. Um, I mean, it's great. In some of, in, in some iterations, uh, alien species kidnaps Godzilla and does experiments on it and then creates mm. Mecha Godzilla out of quote space aluminum, whatever the fuck that is. Hell yeah. Aluminum from space. From space, right. Yeah. Um, and uh, sometimes think Godzilla just, isn't safe from abductions of from a, of aliens. There is a there is a really funny scene where Godzilla is just plucked up by a big like flying saucer, and like the aliens just that take does him. Sound funny. Um, there are aliens almost. Saucer. There are um, there's like always aliens in Godzilla media. They're like a thing that constantly shows up. Sometimes Mecha Godzilla is made by humans to protect themselves from Godzilla. So. Generally speaking, Mecha Godzilla is kind of a good guy. Um, it's usually working on behalf of the humans to beat Godzilla. Uh, and that's I like will a- like to point out that when we keep saying good guy versus bad guy, it is from the biased human lens, I presume here. Yeah, I, I mean... Good as in protecting humanity in our own interests. Right. Um, right. To yeah, allow humans to keep doing whatever they want without repercussion. Hashtag Godzilla did nothing wrong. As, a, as well, opposed to the the moral <laughs> grounds that Godzilla believes in, he's yeah. like, listen, my my lizard god told me go forth and multiply by yourself, <laughs> and I did. God, 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 damn, did I do that? Um. So now we're now finally we are at the 1998. Uh, crossroads and there's way more there's way more <laughs> monsters that Godzilla has fought but those are a lot of the notable ones and those ones are very fun because those designs are very iconic um mm-hmm. there's always like a Rodan type monster is just a flying monster in any like kaiju movie uh there's always like a dragon type monster 
uh, mm-hmm. that that falls in line with a bunch of those other stuff. And then there's usually the Godzilla types, which are the, the, did, fair, Rid- the tanky ones. Did Ridley from uh, from Metroid take inspiration from Rodan? Probably. Ridley is. I mean, the name Ridley comes from Ridley Scott. Which yeah, is I the, guess. Which he's is the, he's the, the person who directed Aliens. So he's an a- alien from Aliens. Yeah, okay. he's, he's, he's just an alien mixed with a pterodactyl. Yeah. Okay. I was just thinking pterodactyl Rodan, but it's fine. That's good, right. friend. You just wanted to tie in so that you could let the audience know to go watch the yeah, Metroid if you'd like episode to know more, if you haven't seen that. Yeah, That's right. No more about Ridley and Metroid. Go uh, watch that. Um. <laughs> so Japan is like, hey, America. Go for it. We are going to let you make your wow. own Godzilla movie. I feel like, wow, I'm surprised. It's a lot of faith. They gave well, money. Money. They gave them yeah, money. a lot of well, money. They paid for the rights. Oh, yeah. A lot of money, I'm sure. I brought up that Godzilla is a man because apparently the, this movie is completely forgettable and is, by all accounts, very bad. Um, mm-hmm. Godzilla in the movie looks like a giant T Rex. Uh, they said that they yeah. modeled. They said they modeled it after an iguana that like is standing on two legs, but it looks exactly like a T Rex. Um, mm. And again, this movie came out in the time when Jurassic Park had come out, and is the cultural zeitgeist, and everyone loves yeah. dinosaur movies, and they want to just put another dinosaur into a movie, and it just looks like a big dinosaur. Um, notably there was a lot of controversy because a Godzilla did not have his iconic atomic breath. Uh, he, Mm. he expelled gas from his mouth and then apparently they did test screenings with this and like the gas would just like push things aside with its mighty force and in the test screenings they're like this is dumb and stupid and we think it's that is bad. dumb and stupid yeah yeah and so in post they made it so that the breath was flammable and exploded uh but it is important to note that they added the flaming breath in post it was just like air before before then so yeah. it's pretty dumb Godzilla, uh, the last airbender they were really going for like realism, I guess, but it, it's stupid. It's a giant monster movie. You don't need to go for realism. Um, Who directed and, that movie? Good gracious. And a famous controversy is, I guess, and this is from the production team, The this Godzilla is a 3D render, so it is entirely a computer-generated object. As people know who work in computer generated objects is you have to model the whole object mm-hmm. pretty much every time you work with that kind of stuff because you never know what angle the camera is going to see it from and you just want it to look good from whatever angle so that's fine apparently when they made the model to this godzilla they gave it a quote and again i'm quoting here female genitalia so they <laughs> s- <laughs> Female genitalia of what species? Well, so they said this is, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but this is pretty much from the source. They put a lizard pussy on this giant 
monster. Mm-hmm. Just like a cloaca? I guess. Cloaca, yeah. And they, I guess you don't really see it in the movie, but based on what they said, they're like, well, we modeled Godzilla as a, because Godzilla lays a bunch of eggs in the movie. And so they're like, we made Godzilla have a big bussy, a big reptile bussy. And it's there. We modeled it. They said, they said they modeled it. If it's a cloaca, that's in both sexes. Correct. So how do we know it's female? Well, it's Brand not. Stop. It's not. It's not female because in the movie they say it's a boy. Okay, uh, so it's just a cloaca. It, right. it, it, again, Five it people was, upset. It was one of those reshoot things where they like they intended Godzilla to be female, and then like all everything in the story kind of points to that because she's laying eggs and she's like got a big bussy and like all of that stuff, and then they I guess had to do reshots of some of the scenes where they say like he's a monster and stuff like they specifically put in male pronouns mm. because they're like Godzilla's a boy just so you know mm, that um, happens to my eggs and things yeah r- right so God- Godzilla Godzilla is definitely a man just so we're all clear yeah. he's a boy he is the king of monsters which is the name of one of his movies is Godzilla king of all monsters um oh. so definitely male don't know why that's important mm-hmm. but th- there's been a lot of online I don't want my cool lizard to be a girl. Right. If my giant <laughs> building stomping lizard has a pussy, then what am I to believe in? What can I believe in then? The matriarchy? I refuse. Uh, Maybe Godzilla lasts its testicles to testicular cancer. So it'd uh, be a great spokesman for No Shave November. It would be. But he can't speak. And also... I don't know what reptile balls look like. Can breathe atomic. That's kind of like speaking. <laughs> right. Um, so. And push things to the side with his breath. This movie was so bad and had a lot of Americans saying how bad it was. And there was a lot of pushback to the point of Japan was like, okay, guys, uh, we're going to start we're going to make Godzilla movies again. Like I don't, I don't know exactly what happened. They allowed more of these movies to be made more of the tri-star movies, but they were like, I think the intention was we're not going to make some Godzilla movies for a while. We'll let the Americans do it for a little bit of time. And then maybe we'll come back to it later. And this movie came out and they're like, we're going to start making new Godzilla movies right now. (laughs) Uh, And so that's why at the same, not the same time, but like shortly after the TriStar movie came out, the movie Godzilla Millennium came out, which again mm. is like not your dad's Godzilla. This is the cool new Godzilla for the cool new generation. Um, things like those millennials animated series tie-ins, uh, oh. one-off animated movies, uh, reintroducing old monsters with new backstories, like all that kind of stuff. And uh, the TriStar movies, I think there were three of them total, but I might just be seeing Tri and thinking that. But for the most part, everyone only knows the 1998 version. I know it as a movie that my grandma had that is the first Godzilla movie I ever saw. And I was like, I don't know why people like this. And so I just thought Godzilla was that for a while. Uh, Mm. So it's fun. Mm -hmm. I have a tendency to introduce myself to a series in the worst part of the series and then just assume the whole thing is like that so that 
That was uh, also my my first uh, Godzilla right, experience. Right, because it was the American yeah. one. It was the first American it was, month. It was the American one. It came out when I was seven. It was just like, right. I want to see the movie with the big lizard big. monster. It's bad. Um, Godzilla <laughs> lays a bunch of eggs in Madison Square Garden, and then they blow them up with missiles. Mm. That's, that's pretty much And then Godzilla gets upset. So the millennium era saw a bunch of revitalized Godzilla movies, which went all the way through 2016, wow. uh, which is fairly recently. Yeah. And at this point, we come to the newest era of Godzilla content in which we are currently living. We made it. We're all the way back to now. We have the Japanese studio, which is Studio Toho, which is still releasing new Godzilla content. Uh, I believe the most recent Godzilla movie was Godzilla Minus One, which just came out very recently. Uh, it follows along the tradition of the Japanese Godzilla movies. So this is where we get to have fun because now we're in the common era. And as we know, all media used to be good and is bad now. And this one is no different because Fran, what you said at the beginning of the show is absolutely right. Everything's got to have a contiguous universe now. Do you actually not know about the Godzilla universe? Me? Yeah. I know it I just I know like it's Godzilla and King Kong and stuff like that. It's if just I, like the big monsters. If right? I if I told you that Godzilla does indeed have a cinematic universe and it has a name, can you guess Godzilla's cinematic universe name? Is it the Godzilla Cinematic Universe? No, Fran, you're thinking too hard. Is it the Kaiju hard. Cinematic Universe? You're much closer, Fran. <laughs> is it is it just the Monster uni- Cinematic Universe? Uh, Fran, you I'll give it I'll give you credit for that one. Godzilla has come back to America, back to our warm welcome embrace in none other than the Monsterverse, the collection mm. of movies that have Godzilla as part of them. And it is indeed a cinematic universe that now includes the likes of King Kong. And as of now, again, the newest movie in the MonsterVerse, the fifth MonsterVerse movie, is going to come out next year. Right now, there's four movies, and they include Godzilla, King Ghidorah, Kong, Mothra Rodan, Mechagodzilla, and... A creature known as a Muto. Let's get into it. Uh, so, Wait, isn't that a brand? So, kind of, feel, kind of feels like that. Amato? Maybe I'm thinking Amato. <laughs> um. Oh, also the uh, American. So after the Millennium Era, the modern Japanese Godzilla era is called the Reiwa Era. So mm. that's what we're in right now. Uh, for okay. Japan, they're still re- releasing stuff. Who has the rights to the MonsterVerse here? Is it Universal? It's joint distribution between Toho and Warner Brothers. Oh, all right. Hmm. There you go. Um, Interesting. Yeah, whatever. So when's the Bugs Bunny <laughs> crossover happening? Yeah, I was going to say, I... Uh, Are we going to have a Space Jam with Godzilla, please? What was... I wasn't Kong... No, that's how I knew, because Kong was in the new Space Jam, wasn't he? He was, was in the he? background. Yeah, he was like I with the. It. He was like it with the Iron so Giant. He was like with the Iron Giant. Yeah, let's talk. About, I have to talk. I have to talk about the MonsterVerse. I have to. I'm excited. It came. So you guys, you remember the 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 dark cinematic universe, the one where they you thought do. the yeah. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Right, and Sean then Connery. 
and then that failed and then that failed and then they tried again to make that with the Tom Cruise mummy movie where they fucked up the audio in the trailer mm-hmm. and then that did, like that was a non-starter again and I for the life of me thought that that was called the monsterverse because it was like with the mummy so did I, actually right it was like with the mummy and like Jekyll and Hyde and like yeah I don't Frankenstein's probably in there. I don't fucking know. Probably. But, it's all those monsters. But no, the Monsterverse is very successful and still going to this day. So, 2014 rolls around and Japan says, fine, America. It's been a while. It's been, you know, 16 years since your first shot. We're going to give you another shot to do an American reboot of the series Godzilla. And if you do a good job, you can make a cinematic universe out of it. And they were like, all right, all right, guys, we're playing. Hell yeah. We're playing, That's the new hotness. We're playing for keeps now, okay? At this at this point, Marvel is making Boku De Niro, and we're, <laughs> we're going to be next. I am, Godzilla's going to be the leader of the Avengers. It's going to be amazing. I'm bringing all these up as I'm like bringing up these movies. I, I also bring up a lot of the other things that were in the the cultural zeitgeist for a very important reason. And it's something I'm going to get into right now. And it's something that I have noticed. This is, this is my hot take for the episode. Uh, and right. I say, I say hot take because it was insightful enough for Lizzie to, when I told her about it, as I was describing this, be like, Oh yeah, that's a good point. And, oh, and oh no. And so I'm gonna. She usually every time you open her mu- your mouth, she's, she's like, usually just like you fucking dumbass. <laughs> but now, but now I was like, I was watching Godzilla. It's just called Godzilla, which is confusing. But Godzilla parentheses 2014. Mm-hmm. I was watching it yesterday for the first time. She was like, I think I've seen this in theaters and I think it's really bad and boring. And I was like, well, I'll be the judge of that. And it's (laughs) it starts out really bad and boring. It's like so boring. And then I'm watching it and it has the most insane decisions in a monster movie I have ever seen in my whole life. It does this thing where it like builds up this tension about like they don't know what Godzilla is oh a couple people do know what Godzilla is what could Godzilla's motives be what's going on I don't know what's happening and then there's eventually two big monsters and they collide for the first time and they literally take one swipe at each other and it cuts and immediately goes to the day after and like the wreckage (laughs) of everything they've created and I was like Wait, but that's the cool part. I, I was like, what d- d- are you? And Lizzie's like, yeah, I told you they just don't show monsters in this movie. And I was like, I thought you were being, I thought you were using hyperbole. And she's like, no, they literally just don't show monsters. And then that's a the second, point. a second time they start in Japan and they like collide for the first time. And then they move to Oahu, Hawaii. And then they're like colliding again. And the monsters start fighting each other. And for a second time, it is from the perspective of a, of a bunch of people who are like hiding in a bunker. And the like bunker closes. And then it cuts to when they're already gone again. And I'm like, are you insane? Like they're not showing any of the monsters fighting each other. That's and then what I, people go for. And then I looked it up and I had an epiphany. And I think you're going to like this, Ethan, because this is very good. Okay. You know what basically one of my favorite movies of all time is because we've talked about it a lot. And I think that Pacific Rim is unironically one of the best movies ever made. 
And I know for a fact that Guillermo del Toro, the director of that movie, who only puts out bangers, by the way, banger after (laughs) banger after banger. I know that he is inspired by the like Godzilla kaiju movies, like the OG, the OG stuff. He talks about how, I mean, whenever he makes any movie, he talks about how he's like inspired by the older version of that movie and how he distills that down and makes his movie based on that, but with, with nice modern sensibilities, but still keeping the spirit of the old stuff. And that's really smart because in Pacific Rim, it works brilliantly because you have a kaiju movie with his like big monsters fighting big robots and it's very cool mm-hmm. you're allowed to suspend your disbelief because it's silly enough where you're like i don't care too much about this but it's like takes itself seriously enough where you're like i'm still invested in what's going on this yeah. is awesome it just elba's bleeding out of the nose what's happening there i don't know we'll see <laughs> you you could say that guillermo del toro's movies are analog nuclear <laughs> okay no but this is no Ethan, you don't understand you don't understand Ethan. this is my exact argument because i think for guillermo del toro took all of the the godzilla movies and distilled it into the perfect godzilla movie which isn't a godzilla movie it's pacific rim and then another movie came out before this 2014 reboot famously a year before this movie came out a little film called Cloverfield came out and Cloverfield Cloverfield is all about a giant monster that attacks New York, but you almost never see it because it's a suspense movie. It's all about the drama, all about the human interactions. My side note before you get into your hot take, I'm sorry, you're building up. Do you guys remember the marketing campaign for that fucking movie? No, I was remember like you, you were in college. Yeah, I was the most depressed I've ever been. Okay. But like okay, well just so <laughs> wow. you know. Um there was like um like Easter eggs and stuff on the internet for Cloverfield for like two right. years before the movie came out. Yeah. And it was like it was back in the day where you could have like websites with like Easter eggs and you have to like dig into the source code to find news things to like they call those out. ARGs now. What? ARGs, you don't know about that. Why are they called ARGs? You remember in uh, I don't remember what it stands for, but you remember in Tunic where you have to like go to a physical website once you solve other puzzles. Yeah, that's like a a common thing they do in video (laughs) games. It's called ARGs. It's when you like integrate real world. Usually they'll put like scavenger hunts and stuff and like physical like geocaches somewhere. Got it. Another big famous one that does it really well pretty recently is uh, Inscription. That's oh that's, okay that's, yeah, yeah that that had a like yeah. a so they actually like went out into the woods and like buried a case with a a cassette disc in it and someone went wow. out th- so, like they figured out the clues in the game or whatever someone uh, went out there and actually found it it was pretty cool see uh, back in the day that would just be on 4chan and it was the geolocation of like a dead body yeah but. people yeah well yeah people still <laughs> like to do that it's just you know everything's so corporate now. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Go to your hot take. I'm sorry. That's, just, so, that's okay. Field marketing was just wild at that time. No, that's that's a that's no, it's brilliant because you know people remember that Cloverfield was really successful. I believe that they watched Cloverfield and they mm. watched Pacific Rim before they made this movie, and they're like, everyone likes these. So what we're gonna oh. do is we're gonna take a bunch of elements from each of them and put them into our movie. And then everyone's going to like this movie. So 
Why do I have this theory? Well, one, they almost never show Godzilla. There's this big suspense, but the way that they made Godzilla is basically a one-to-one modern recreation of the original Godzilla with very little changes. Like a lot of the versions of Godzilla are like modified a little bit for whatever time they're in. This one is very close to the original. It's just all CGI. Okay. So they're almost never showing you the monster, which doesn't work for Godzilla because everybody knows what Godzilla looks like. So you just feel blue balled like you want action and it's not there. Well, that's why the Cloverfield worked because we didn't know it was a monster movie. Number two. It started being released. Number two, the original monster that they have for this movie, which is called the, the Muto, as I have referenced. I think, and this is, I haven't seen Cloverfield. But if I have, I still really wouldn't have seen the Cloverfield monster. <laughs> but I've seen renders of the Cloverfield monster. The Muto from this movie looks a lot like the Cloverfield monster. <laughs> in my in my humble opinion, it's got the like it's got it the like again? big claw spindly arms that like come down. It's got like a really big torso, but it's really high up, so you almost never see it. It's got like a really stout mm-hmm. head that's close to its to its body. It doesn't, it's not one-to-one by any means, okay. but it is real close in how it Maybe looks. Maybe they use I the think. same like skeleton frame for the animation. Yeah, and, and it moves around kind of like that. The third and the most damning evidence, and mm. I, I love this because this is how I know Guillermo del Toro's a genius, <laughs> is that one of the Muto's power in the movie is that it releases an electromagnetic pulse, which destroys all electronics in a radius around it. <laughs> and one of the United States' government, this one's attacking the United States, by the way, which because of it's an American movie. Yeah. And the United States' government response to this is, we need to nuke it, but we can't use our regular nuke because it would just fry all the electronics on it. So what do we do? We make a clockwork analog timer that we attach to our nuclear device that will allow it to go off without electricity. So how does this bomb work? It's analog. Doesn't use digital technology, which is one-to-one the plot point in Pacific Rim where they're like, we need, and then, but oh, but there was more in that. Well, at a certain point, the bomb is like knocked aside by the monster because the monster eats radiation it's trying to eat the bomb they retrieve the bomb the bomb's damaged and they're like the bomb's gonna go off this clockwork design that we put onto the bomb can't be disarmed unless our main character was some sort of bomb defusal expert who could defuse analog bombs because he was there when we rigged the analog bomb which is how the movie ends by the way um Mm -hmm. but he also doesn't defuse it it just goes off also by the way but whatever anyway but that was like the crux of the movie is like we have a analog bomb that can kill this emp giant monster and i'm like you bastards Guillermo (laughs) is rolling in well not his grave he's rolling in his easy chair he is 
it, they took his beautiful idea, his genius idea. They turned it horrible. It's awful. <laughs> I saw this part and I was like, okay, I know they're stealing from Pacific Rim. There's already been hints that they were stealing from Pacific Rim, but this one is by far the worst. There's like a moment where the Muto is like fighting and then he just grows big wings and flies away. And I'm like, that's from Pacific Rim. I saw that scene. <laughs> so I'm very angry that they stole from him. I'm sure he's very happy that you're angry on his behalf. Uh, Guillermo, I am here to bat for you. I know you're a genius. And Pacific Rim is legitimately, unironically, one of my favorite movies. Um, All right. So, TJ, you told me about some pretty crappy American Godzilla movies, but we were supposed to stay positive this one. Can you tell me about some fucking American Godzilla that rips ass? Yeah. All right. So. I will say yeah. I, I a little will, more enthusiasm, but okay. I I want to point out, and I wrote this in my notes because it made me really angry. Because it's not often <laughs> that I know anything about anything, but this one. But it is often that you're angry. This one gets me a little upset because the. I think the moral of the they were trying to pull from the original Godzilla, where the original Godzilla says maybe atomic bombs are bad both for the environment and for humanity if you can believe mm-hmm. this godzilla i think was trying to make a point also but its point was more nuclear power is bad or like just the prospect of nuclear stuff is bad and the reason that i think it says this is because well, the the specifically, I said I wrote in my notes. Specifically, what I said in my notes is this movie doesn't know anything because <laughs> it doesn't know what the audience wants to see. It doesn't really no. know the story. No, they do, wants- CJ. They watch Cloverfield and right. they watch Pacific Rim. And, and Brian, they put those together. Brian Cranston's in this movie. And I will say. I do remember that. Brian Cranston. And everyone in- loves Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston's in this movie. Elizabeth Olsen is in this movie. And uh, the guy who plays Kick-Ass is in this movie. And I have nothing bad to say about it. Their performances are actually legitimately, unironically, very good. I think they've done wasn't a this, very good job. Wasn't this also at the peak of Breaking Bad hype, too? Maybe. It was in 2014. So I yeah, don't know. Sounds about right. And Brian Cranston is speaking very bad Japanese in this movie, which I like. I know he's a good actor because I do not know if he is speaking very bad Japanese on purpose or on accident ah. because he is like a white guy in Japan. So I don't know if yeah. he is just being. Did he make the artistic choice? I don't know because his poorly. Or... I, know, I know this for a fact. The, his first line in the movie is when he's answering a telephone and he says Moshi Moshi. And I know that if you speak fluent Japanese, you don't say Moshi Moshi, you say Moshi Moshi. Because if you say Moshi Moshi, you sound like a fucking dweeb. So I don't know. Maybe he's doing it on purpose to sound like a white guy who doesn't know Japanese very well. That The fact that I don't know means he's a good actor. That's all I know. And Elizabeth Elizabeth Olsen is on the upswing. I think she's getting ready to do a bunch of Marvel Cinematic Universe movies at this point. And she is doing a very good job. She's playing a worried mother for both her husband and child. Very compelling stuff. No notes. I think she did a great job. Um, The script, though, 
<laughs> which is not their fault is no good it, it's so the thing that i got really angry about i was getting more and more angry as the movie was going on because they were like setting up these big monster fights they weren't happening they start mm-hmm. in japan and then this muto shows up muto is a uh, an anag- an anagram by the way acronym acronym there you go. So Muto is short for Massive Unidentified Terrestrial Organism. And I hate okay. this because you you just know that the stupid-ass producers who made this movie were like, we're going to make a whole bunch of these. We want to make them like a, a science-y category instead of just mm-hmm. like silly Japanese names or whatever. Because even when they mm-hmm. introduce Godzilla as having the name Godzilla, they have the one Japanese guy in the cast being like, Yes, we've known about him since the 1950s, and my people call him Gojira. And I was like, "Nice, that's pretty." That's that's a, that's, a, that's, that's cool. a fun little callback in that script. That's yeah. good. that's a good time. Um, but like all the new like monster, that. all the new monsters are like, "Oh, well, they're like you know our scientists are observing them, and we're like categorizing them, and we call them mutos because we're the American military, and we." Uh, mm-hmm. do shit like that and I'm like yeah. just fuck off guys It's just, yeah. just name them cool things what the fuck I mean the American Listen. military famously unfun maybe yeah, true. maybe it's because I watch too much kids next door as a youngin <laughs> but I always love a good dumb acronym this one sucks <laughs> but um, the, the story of the original one is there's two Mutos, one that wakes up in Japan and one that wakes up in America in the Nevada desert. And they are a mating pair and one is calling to the other. And so the one goes from Japan over to America, crossing over Oahu in the middle. Um, mm. our heroes are constantly like intersecting this in like super unlikely ways. Uh, and the, the main thing is that Godzilla hears the call between these two creatures and is like chasing after them. He wants to fight them. So it does set up in, <laughs> in this first one. Just what wants to fight them. Well, what the is set, husband and wife just trying to get it on the lore that we know. What, in, a co- what a cock block. The lore we know in this one that they set up for the rest of the series is. <sighs> okay, this one. Sorry. I, I have to take a breath. Cause this is actually we're we're in, prime lore you know territory right now um so in the ancient past around 65 million years ago or so the earth was apparently very radioactive yeah okay sure that's not true but um so this This earth this (laughs) radioactive this radioactivity allowed for giant creatures that will eventually be known as titans because we're making media and you know the 2010s what are we doing here they're called titans um there were large creatures known as titans which fed off of the radioactivity and you know through this energy they were able to become very big and what we know about the titans is that they were territorial apex predators they wanted to fight each other to prove who was the alpha and uh, what we know is that in the ancient past, Gojira was one of these titans who mm-hmm. was driven down towards the Earth's core 
as the radiation levels on the surface began to decrease and they instead decided to go and basically hibernate deep under the ocean where there is more radiation because it's closer to the earth's core and uh, there's a hollow earth by the way the earth is hollow oh hollow uh, earth theory okay yeah, yeah this this hollow um, earth fact right this one this one we've got hollow earth and the hollow earth has a bunch of that uh nuclear energy in it and so all of the titans that were still around went deep towards the center of the earth to hibernate to get enough of that good nuclear radiation energy to survive but basically lie dormant for millions of years from earth's famously radioactive mm. core yep uh yeah 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 i I love this shit, man. I love that in <laughs> no, this America- is actually really good. Let me tell you <laughs> this this is uh, I I love in American media that like just the idea of alphas is can be a major plot point. Yeah. It's like, well, clearly uh, they would want to show dominance. Right. And so They're that's big men. Why- <laughs> well, that's how we relate to the male audience in American right. media. That's right? plot, right? Yeah, that makes <laughs> that makes me feel invested. I'm like, what? Which why one makes, is the alpha? It's important yeah, to me why, to know. Why does makes men really be able to relate to the media? Because when it's like turning red, where it's about a girl getting like reaching like puberty and stuff ugh, like that, oh, I can't relate ugh, to that shit. Ugh, no, but I don't know. Alpha monster yeah. titans. Which yeah, monsters okay. alpha? Which one's relate sigma? Which one's beta? I, exactly. I mean, like. Optimus Prime and uh, the Decepticons they're going to fight. I just want to know which one of them has the bigger dick. Right. And, and, that's now, like, and his name's Optimus Prime, which is like, that's an alpha name. That's why I named <laughs> my child, my firstborn child, male or female. Great. <laughs> so <laughs> then yeah. we, f- we fast forward from the ancient past. We're now in 1945. Oopsie, America does a war crime onto Japan and detonates two nuclear bombs. The nuclear fallout from these bombs awakens Gojira. Mm. He becomes mm-hmm. a little curious. He says, oh, nuclear energy is up and about again. I guess I'll go check it out. Comes to the surface. They spot him mm-hmm. for the first time near Odo Island. Reference mm. to the original movie. That's, I, that's cute. Yeah, I'm it, happy they at least did that in the script. Yeah, it's it's it seems you know, to be some good they, references. They I love references. Um, now now we get to the <laughs> tinfoil hat conspiracy theory parts. America, the America. Well, that's part of it. America and that's Russia fat. saw Gojira. They witnessed mm-hmm. Gojira come up. They were performing nuclear tests in the ocean. No, no, no. They were bombing the ocean, trying to kill Gojira. Were they trying to kill him or eat, feed him? They were trying to kill Gojira. They were scared of Gojira, and so they kept uh, bombing they kept the ocean. Shit in there. That sounds those, pretty American. Those weren't yeah. nuclear tests. Those were nuclear strikes against Gojira. Mm. But they uh-huh. could. But they couldn't get him. So to be clear. The Cold War was actually a hot war against Gojira. Correct. Correct. Okay, thank you. An organ, a worldwide secret organization is formed called Monarch to watch these titans, specifically Gojira, but there was also other titans 
observed in the wild that were also lying dormant that they wanted to keep tabs on. And so they mm -hmm. create this organization called Monarch to basically watch all the Titans. The only active one they know about, though, is Gojira. He's in the mm -hmm. Pacific Ocean, just swimming around, waiting, I guess, for something to thing. fight. He is yeah. waiting for something to fight. He's just sitting, swimming in the ocean like, I'm the biggest, baddest motherfucker around. Some other guy shows up, I'm going to fucking punch his face and tell him I'm the biggest, baddest. Well, that's the great news for Gojira because the Muto awakens. As we learn, the Muto is an ancient parasitic organi organism that would lay its eggs in the inside of other titans and then they would like okay. burst out like chest bursters. So, okay, hold on. Is the from the way this classification is, it sounds like Muto is a classification, but now you're making it sound like it's a specific critter. Yeah, it is a so specific. Is Muto a specific critter? Then this... give it a fucking name. Well, what? later they a classification. Later, I think they realized that people thought that an acronym for one thing was stupid and they clearly were going to yeah. use this as like a blanket term, but they never really caught on. So I mm. do believe, and this is just from my own research. I think eventually they come back around to calling this creature, the Jinsen Mushi, uh, which means something beetle. Cause it kind of is mm. like a big armored, uh, insect looking thing. Okay. So yeah. they do eventually give it Fine. a Japanese name. That's kind of in line with, what we would expect from a Godzilla monster. But yeah, this is the only thing known as a Muto. And there is another Muto that's a female Muto. Uh, the male Muto is much smaller, but can fly. The female Muto yes. is way bigger and has a mm -hmm. thick egg sac that we see sometimes filled with oh, eggs. Hey. Yeah. Oh, that's hot. And they're calling to each other. They're starting to wake up again from all the nuclear energy. Uh, the nuclear power plant in Japan is waking up the Muto that lies dormant underneath Japan. And uh, it's like waking up and calling to its mate. Yes, it was by the Fukushima disaster. And, and we'll talk a little bit about that in a second. Too. But, but yes, Listen, again, focus, this, focus on the more important stuff. This, this focus on is the, also important for media literacy. We just talked about this. Yeah. This is, again, it really feels like anti anti-nuclear stuff and and i'll say this they so the, the whole story is the male muto is trying to get to the female muto who's in america godzilla is chasing down the male muto trying to fight it because this is a parasitic species that would basically lay eggs in godzilla's prehistoric species okay. and so they're like natural enemies he wants to fight it and kill it or he just wants to prove that he's the more alpha Chad mm. and cuck this Muto, yeah. even if he's not going to actually fuck that sheep. Well, that's the like beauty that. of art. Sheepies. It's up to the interpretation of the Yeah, that is that is beautiful. Whatever you best relate to. I agree. You're right. Um, so this movie is really boring. It's mostly about this military guy and his dad, Brian Cranston. And like they, they thought that this was like a nuclear disaster. Uh, when the one guy was a kid, but it actually turns out it wasn't. It was this Muto, and it got covered up by Monarch because they don't want the populace to know about Titans and all this other stuff. And then Godzilla's fighting, and he's just trying to kill these other Mutos. And it all coalesces in this big moment where... You don't get to see the monsters fight. Well, they're fighting, but the Mutos are going towards uh, the American shore. They're going towards San Francisco, 
and that's where the main character's family lives, Elizabeth Olsen and their kid. And he's like, I got to do something to save them. They're going to destroy the Golden Gate Bridge because this is a movie that takes place in San mm-hmm. Francisco. So the Golden Gate Bridge is going to get destroyed. Um, of course. They were like, where is this monster going? Why would he go to America? And they're like, well, he, the Muto is trying to feed and it feeds off radioactivity. Where would it go? It's going to go to where us foolish humans put all of our radioactive waste that we didn't want into the Yucca Mountain radioactive waste repository. Oh. And this is the part where I audibly got very upset because as a student of the physics, I know (laughs) a little bit about this. And so here is what it is. I do know the Yucca Mountain radiation waste facility is a real place and it was designed very specifically to be the repository for all of America's nuclear waste that we don't know Mm -hmm. what to do with it. We don't have a good idea of how to handle it. We're going to bury it deep underground for a long time until we figure out what to do with it. That's just leave it there. That's the decision that we made. And then we surveyed the entire continental United States. We said, where can we put all this stuff? And a bunch of geologists decided that Yucca Mountain in the middle of the desert, best place to put all this stuff. There's nothing there. There's not going to be any problem. There's no earthquakes. There's no tornadoes. There's no storms. It's just like totally secure. It's going to be fine. We're going to build this multi-million dollar facility here to store all of our nuclear, nuclear waste. Great. And, uh, I guess the thing they didn't think about, how do you fucking get it there, guys? Do you put it in a truck? What if the truck crashes? Do you put it on a train? What if the train derails? You definitely don't want to put it on an airplane. That's not going to go well. (laughs) You put it in a helicopter. What if a terrorist wants to do a, you know, terrorism? So I know for a fact there is nothing in the Yucca Mountain facility. They built it. They spent about $100 million on it, and there's nothing there. But this movie is just like, oh, they're going to go for the one place where mankind was so foolish to store all its radioactivity that it doesn't know what to do with in Yucca Mountain. But there's no radiation there. Every single piece of radioactivity that is made from a facility is stored on site. So if anything, they should just be going to any of the nuclear facilities that exist in the United States, but they don't because the stupid writers who wrote this read about Yucca Mountain, which is a big like controversy. They wanted to cut funding because people are like, we don't want nuclear stuff. It's very scary. We don't want to talk about it. We don't want to like deal with it or anything like that. And they took that controversy and they just jammed it into their movie and they had no idea what they were talking about. There's nothing there. It's a mountain with a hole in it. God, that was so much nerd shit. I want to hear about the monkey. All right. You can hear about the monkey, Ethan. Godzilla kills the Muto is how that story ends. Um, he shoots a He shoots a plasma. Godzilla has plasma breath in this one. So he shoots okay. a plasma breath. He like pries open the mouth of the muto and like and like just jams a bunch of uh of radiation into there uh that you've probably seen the meme where it's like godzilla like shooting the beam into the other thing (laughs) um but that's that movie very bad very boring 
not very interesting, not true to Godzilla, doesn't know what the fuck it's talking about, doesn't have a plan. Um, and I bring up how bad this is because uh, I do, I'm not going to talk about them because I don't know that much about them. And I think you should watch this for yourself. But again, at the same time as these movies are coming out, there's the, the Reiwa era, the stuff that's coming out of Japan. Um, Shin Godzilla is a lot of people's favorite Godzilla movie of all time. Yeah. It is not part of the MonsterVerse continuity. It's a standalone Godzilla movie that has its own story to tell. And it is, uh, by all accounts, very good. Um, it is a. It, it also came out after the Fukushima disaster. It has a lot mm-hmm. more, I think, intellectual points to make about that. My perspective is, what are you going to do for electricity if not something nuclear? I don't think we should be afraid of it. I think we should research it more. But I know that it's a scary thing. Again, this is where I'm saying I'm from America, where we have not had a lot of nuclear disasters. People in Japan probably have a very different opinion What with the bombings and the Fukushima thing. And so I understand. But I think that the Shin Godzilla movie is, by all accounts, a way better movie. Monkey. And you should go see it. And there's a bunch of animes that have come out that are also in that continuity that are also pretty good. Monsterverse. Godzilla happens afterwards. The movie Kong Island happens. Is that the uh, one with is the rock in that one? No. You're thinking of Jumanji. <laughs> Jumanji. <laughs> no, you're no, you're not. You're thinking of uh what's the video game Ethan with the three boys that destroy the destroy the city? You play as a big monkey and a, a reptile and a a rat. And you destroy a city uh, together. Rampage. Yeah, the, you Jesus. think of the, you're thinking of the Rampage movie that did star okay. The Rock and has a giant okay. monkey in it. Okay. okay. No, Kong, Kong comes out. It's a movie about Kong. He lives on Skull Island. Guess what? He's a Titan. Turns out in the same universe. At the end of Kong, they have a post credit scene because the Marvel movies have already come out, and so they know how to do storytelling. And mm-hmm. they're like, "So For you sure. know about Kong, huh? Well, Kong ain't the only one in this Avengers initiative." And then they show a slideshow that shows ancient cave paintings of Godzilla fighting a three-headed monster and a giant moth creature. And they go, "Oh, God's oh, Kong's just the tip of the iceberg." And then we skip forward. There's also Godzilla, King of the Monsters. That movie is just Godzilla fighting a bunch of monsters. I really think that they got feedback from the first Godzilla movie. And they were like, people didn't like that he didn't fight enough monsters. And they're like, fine, we'll have him fight like eight or ten monsters. And you know what? Great. Uh, Notable things (laughs) in that one. There is a big egg that has lied dormant, that is now reawakening because Godzilla is running around and that egg hatches into a big caterpillar. That big caterpillar hides underneath a waterfall and pupates. And as it emerges, it becomes Mothra. And Mothra is, it is cute. It's a good Mothra. Mothra's in this movie, a helper to humanity as always. Um, Again, we lose the plot because these monsters are supposed to represent nature's ultimate power over us. We can't control nature. They invent a device called the Orca, which can basically control monsters and tell them to help them whenever they need them to. Uh, So there's no lessons here. Uh, Godzilla fights monsters. Sometimes monsters fight with Godzilla. They discover a monster that was 
covered in the Antarctic, which they call Monster Zero. Um, they say Monster Zero is one of the most fearsome monsters. A bunch of eco-terrorists want to revive him and have him uh, bring about the new age of the Titans so that they will strike away humanity from the Earth and let the Earth heal. Monster Zero turns out to be King Ghidorah. Uh, ah. In an ancient fight with Godzilla, Godzilla was able to... Uh, Trap him all the way to Antarctica? Well, he was able to trap him underneath like an ice flow, and he's been mm. laying dormant there ever since. King Ghidorah shows up, and again, all the Titans are apex territorial predators. So King, D- King Ghidorah is now asserting itself as the alpha, which Godzilla oh. takes exception to. Basically how it works is... Godzilla is king of the monsters, as is the title of this movie. Um, mm-hmm. Mothra is also known as queen of the monsters. She's cute, and she's loyal to Godzilla in this incarnation. Oh, interesting. Um, she recognizes Godzilla's alpha authority, but the other <laughs> like, good, like any good right, queen would exactly. <laughs> But the but the other monsters recognize King Ghidorah as the alpha, and so they are also mm. fighting Godzilla. One of the monsters that wakes up was lying dormant in a volcano known as the Flaming Terror, which is... Rodan? Rodan. Rodan yeah. shows up also and joins the side yeah. of King Ghidorah, and they have a four-way monster battle at one point where it's so we've Godz- got a turf war going on. Which exactly, is it's great. it's Godzilla and Mothra versus Ghidorah and Rodan, and it's pretty cool. And um, this is another thing that's like lost in the Japanese versions of Godzilla and never really came over to America. They have a lot more like mysticism and spiritualism around mm-hmm. a lot of these monsters. Um, in several of the Japanese incarnations, there are like mediums or psychics who can commune mm. with the monsters um, and who can like beseech them to to help them out and stuff like that. That's how they communicate with them a lot of the times. Um, mm-hmm. The American ones are a lot more like technology, military, obviously focused. Yeah. Um, and so like in Japan, Mothra is actually a like deified figure. She is like a... Mm. she is like an ancient spirit who can reincarnate whenever Mothra dies. She lays like another egg, like a Phoenix and retains, retains all of her previous memories um, and like revives as Mothra once again. Um, And she, her ability is like heaven's light where her wings will like glow and it will like restore life to natural things and stuff like that. Um, that's and really there's cool. no like, yeah, there's no like science explanation for that. That's just like what it is in Japan is she's like yeah. a, a spiritual being um, yeah. in America. Not as much, but basically Mothra sacrifices herself to give her energy to Godzilla. Godzilla uses that energy to win the fight against King Ghidorah and Rodan. Um, he doesn't kill Rodan. He just defeats him. Actually, Mothra like stabs him with Mothra also has like a bee stinger, which is not what moths okay. have, but um, no, it's what Mothra's have. Mothra incapacitates <laughs> Rodan with her bee stinger, and then she eats a. a so King Ghidorah also has like an energy blast from its mouth. Um, of course, it's called the the gravity wave, which is Ooh. cool. 
I think that's, that's just cool. back from the fact that it used to be an alien monster. Um, mm-hmm. But Mothra eats its gravity wave to protect Godzilla and then sacrifices herself as she dissolves to like impart him with all the radiation energy that empowers him and turns him into burning Godzilla. That's another trope. That's another trope that Godzilla has is every once in a while when he gets super powered, he'll become burning Godzilla, which is basically the same thing, but he is like red and on fire and is more powerful. No, do the Japanese love having different power stages. Uh, yeah, yeah, I just immediately flash back to Digimon, actually. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I definitely like that uh, we're keeping the good tropes alive, where the female, even in the monster universe, the female character does need to sacrifice <laughs> her life so that the male character can have character growth. She does lay another egg after she dies in a post credit scene to signify that she will live again. That's That's another thing coming from the wiki of like, the the community being like one of the reasons mothra is not afraid of death is because she knows she can reincarnate as an egg and i'm like okay whatever (laughs) that's precisely why i'm also not afraid of death (laughs) right as a woman i will simply reincarnate as one of my eggs um (laughs) that's why we have so many of them right (laughs) just in case (laughs) um this sets up at the end of the Kong movie and at the end of the Godzilla movie, these two are going to fight. Hell yeah. So we get finally... How, how big is Godzilla now? So Godzilla is the he's size... He's only 50 yards long? He's, no, he's much taller than even the tallest skyscrapers in Japan. So he's oh, wow. very tall. Also, Godzilla is not... Or King Kong is not that big. Um mm-hmm. But one of my favorite parts is at the beginning of the Godzilla vs. Kong movie, they're like, wow, Kong has really grown. And I'm like, okay, you just want to make him bigger so he's the same size as Godzilla. That's cool. Um, yeah, well, he had to be small enough that he could hang off the Empire State Building without, like, right, cracking it. Right, without just, like, snapping right? it over. But now he could yeah. just, like, topple it over. He's way bigger. Um, okay. Finally, we get to Godzilla vs. Kong. Ethan, what you finally wanted. But there's honestly not well, much to talk about here. It's a, it's a pretty... Fight- it's a pretty fun movie. I I watched this one. I was enjoying it pretty much the whole time through. All right, they- DJ, there's not much to talk about in this movie. Could you maybe tell me, for example, how would King Kong best Godzilla's atomic breath attack? Listen, all right. I So I was watching this movie while Ethan was listening to me talk about it, and I was like, I feel like there were a bunch of producers in a producer room, and they're like, King Kong wouldn't win against Godzilla. Godzilla would simply use his laser breath and kill him. Um, we're at Godzilla. We're at Godzilla vs Kong. They put King Kong in a big Truman Show dome, uh, which is weird because they're still on Skull Island, which is where Kong lives. But they're trying to hide Kong from Godzilla because they know that if Godzilla senses Kong. He mm, will come to fight, fight Kong for Alpha Supremacy, and that's bad news. So they're hiding him in is a Truman Skull, Show dome. Is Skull Island like habited besides Kong? Uh, well, that depends on how far back you want to go. Yeah, there's there's apparently like some human some, tribes, some natives. Yeah, there's okay. I I again, I don't watch the Kong this movie, is a but bad question to ask, friend. In, in well, Kong, I just in like, Godzilla, if it's not in, like 
In Godzilla versus Kong, in Godzilla versus Kong, there's a girl who can't speak, but she can use sign language, and then she communicates with Kong, and of so course, she's like a native because she's a yeah, she's a native Pacific Islander. And honestly, I'm just happy that for once they have a person who's in tune with nature that isn't just like an American Indian. So like, <laughs> cool, it's well, a Pacific Islander. She can communicate with Kong. That's that's great. She's like a little girl. Um, and they're trying to protect him from Kong. There's a bunch of conspiracy. I hate this. The one thing I don't like about this movie is they do the thing where they're like, I've been watching a lot of Flophouse podcasts, and in there they always talk about how uh, they don't like it when movies validate the idea that there's like a crazy person who's like, I know the truth. I'm going to oh. ostracize all my friends and family. Yeah. And then they are proven correct in the end because it just mm -hmm. encourages people to think like that. And yeah. ever since they brought that up, I've also been noticing that. And this is one of those movies where there are several characters who are like, you don't understand. I know the hollow earth is real. I know that there's a conspiracy theory involving this corporation and the government. And it's all Birds like- Birds aren't real. It's all- surveilling us it's through the, all, from the government. And like literally one of the guys is a conspiracy theorist who has a conspiracy theory podcast. And he talks about how he needs to like shower in bleach and stuff to get the like government chips off of him. And he's like, I know this corporation is doing something evil. And then he's proven right at the end. I don't know if he's proven right about the bleach thing, but he's yeah, proven say, right like, about the government, government conspiracy thing. He's like, I don't drink tap water because it has fluoride in it and the government uses that to keep us docile and like the fact that they make this guy like know anything is like insane it, it drives me crazy but this conspiracy guy is like this new corporation called apex is doing something wild and is making godzilla crazy because if you remember in the previous godzilla movie he's the savior of humanity because he killed the mutos and then he just fucked back off to the ocean so they think he's a savior but now he's attacking places unprovoked and they're like, oh, Godzilla's actually a big monster. Whoops, we were wrong. But it turns <laughs> out Apex is doing science on a big machine. And that machine is sending out communication waves in the same kind of way that the Mutos were, basically mm -hmm. saying, come fight me, bro, you little fucking bitch. Um, and that's making Godzilla go crazy again. Mm. Also, they're trying to get to Hollow Earth of separately. Course. And Godzilla wants to fight Kong. He can sense Kong now. And so they're like, we got to get Kong to hollow earth. He'll be safe there. He'll enjoy it there more. And that takes care what of our... Yeah, so he lives on Skull Island, which is apparently like a... It's the whole thing of like, this is what the earth used to look like a long time ago. Uh -huh. It's the perfect habitat for Before Kong. Before touched by man. Yeah. And the same thing is true about hollow earth, except it's way bigger. So they're like, he'll have a bigger home. It, it's like a better habitat for him. And we're just trying to upgrade the zoo, you know, and, and we're just and, trying to give right. him more room to roam. And benefit, we don't have to deal with him. So they throw Kong into hollow earth. And then Godzilla's going crazy because Apex is doing all these experiments and, and it's like making him crazy and he wants to fight everything. Kong goes to Hollow Earth, where his ancestors came from, apparently, and his ancestors had built a large temple structure. They're monkey. They're big monkeys. What? Mm -hmm. Big apes? Big apes. And they built a big temple, and okay. Kong picks up a axe from, from the oh, floor God. of this temple, and he goes, hmm. Oh, 
ape together strong and then he sees that there's a bunch of these axes lying all over the floor and the axes start glowing blue and it's corresponding to godzilla using his powers up on the surface and i was like oh the axe heads are made from godzilla species's back spines the ones the ones that glow when he when he does his atomic breath Okay. And so the ancient monkeys realized this <laughs> and they created tools to help fight against the ancient Godzilla oh, monsters out of their own scales because the scales absorb the atomic power. And so Kong takes this axe and Godzilla, I guess, knows that this happened and shoots an atomic breath down through the earth boring a hole through the earth into the center of the earth right next uh-huh. to where kong is kong climbs out from the center of the earth and he's got a monkey axe and he's ready to fight in hong kong with godzilla and the two of them duke it out and godzilla shoots shoots his atomic breath and kong holds up the axe and the axe is absorbing the atomic breath and it's powering it up and then he smashes back into the head of godzilla and it makes a big explosion and they're like these two truly are equals and then the scene and then the scene continues and godzilla beats kong kong is almost dead and uh and godzilla is all beat up and Godzilla has proven himself king of the monsters, but uh-oh, friend. What about all those experiments that Apex was doing? Mm-hmm. What about well, well, I forgot to tell you, in the previous movie where Godzilla fights Ghidorah, yeah. he, he bites off one of Ghidorah's heads. Remember, Ghidorah has yeah. three heads. Yeah, three heads. But Apex was able to retrieve one of Ghidorah's Third heads. Third head? Okay. And they took Ghidorah's head and they merged it with an AI and put it in a big robot that looks just like Godzilla. <laughs> oh shit, Mecha Godzilla makes an appearance. They they created Mecha Godzilla, but the oh con- my God. the consciousness of Ghidorah was able to merge with the AI and overwhelm oh. the overwhelm the AI to become Ghidorah's consciousness within <laughs> Mecha Godzilla, which is why Mecha Godzilla, which is why Mecha Godzilla was able to call out to Godzilla because he mm. wants to fight again. Let's fucking fight. Also in the movie, they say Ghidorah was so big and had three heads, which means that the heads must have communicated telepathically, and so Ooh. we're able to hook up the telepathic head to the giant robot to a Japanese man who is the child of a different Japanese man. I forgot to mention in the pre in the previous movie there was another guy who was named after the uh he's, Oh my god. In the previous movie there was a guy named Sarazawa who's named after the you know the original Sarazawa. Who's yeah. named after the Sarazawa from the original movies and he is like Godzilla will be our friend. He will fight the other monsters. He is oh you can't fight Monst- you you can't fight nature with humanity you must fight nature with nature etc etc um he sacrifices himself in the king of the monsters to revive godzilla by detonating a atomic bomb next to uh-huh. godzilla in order to uh-huh. revive him 
and uh, his son uh, is mad at that, I guess. And so he's the pilot for Mecha Godzilla. And so he are they drift compatible? Well, they're not because uh, Ghidorah takes over and like mm. knocks him unconscious and oh. overwhelms the. Mm. Uh, so it turns on its creator, the the lead of Apex, and it rises mm. out of the ground, and it's way stronger than Godzilla. It's like bodying Godzilla. It's also got laser breath, and it's just like kicking the shit out of it. Um, but uh, the little girl who can speak to Monkey goes over to Monkey. He's dying. Um, and they <laughs> use their ship. They have like a futuristic spaceship to as like a defibrillator and they like shock his chest and it wakes up Kong and the little girl goes, Godzilla is not enemy. Godzilla is friend. You must help him. And, uh, and then he's like, okay. And so he picks up his laser <laughs> and he picks up his, his laser ax. Oh and then the Mecha Godzilla is about to like kill Godzilla by like, you know, laser blasting into his mouth like they always do but right as he's about to kong jumps up on his back and like redirects the laser into the sky and then he turns around with his big like spike tail and he's gonna stab he's gonna stab kong in the chest but then godzilla grabs his tail before he can do it and then they're just like tag teaming this big monster and then mecha godzilla has kong pin pinned against a building and he's trying to cut his laser axe into him but he's holding him back but then godzilla fires his atomic breath into the laser axe and it charges oh. up the laser axe and then kong brings it down on mecha godzilla and cuts him to pieces and then he i mean goes that sounds off. like a great cgi mask it's it was it fucking kicked ass dude it was so cool <laughs> I, I was telling uh, Ethan I was watching. I was telling Ethan I was watching, and I was like, "They're doing a lot of like they're throwing a punch, but then the other one catches it before it can land." <laughs> they do that like five or six times in a row, and I'm like, "All right, I get it." Um, but then Godzilla and Kong share a knowing nod. They respect each other now, mm. and Godzilla slinks back into the Pacific Ocean to swim around, and Kong returns to Hollow Earth to live in peace he the king of hollow earth and godzilla king of the monsters living on the land and that is the current end of the monster verse although we will learn more in april 2024 for godzilla x kong the new empire which is i guess the mm. name of the movie which is a okay. dumb name for a movie yeah <laughs> But we have now seen Godzilla go from a symbol of man's hubris to a thing that sells toys and makes spinoffs and universes and fights other monsters for the benefit of humanity because the capitalism engine must prevail. Mm -hmm. um, this is normally the part where I ask if you guys have questions, but I have... Instead, a little treat for you guys. Um, oh, I, I, I told Ethan I would give you a little something I think you would enjoy. Um, and in the spirit of coming full circle and proving my point that Godzilla doesn't mean anything anymore, except Shin Godzilla, which is a very good one. Um, but generally, Godzilla doesn't mean anything anymore. Um, I have found some media that is Godzilla-themed. I'm scared now. Uh, I'm scared now. There, is it porn? There, no. Well, I'm sure there's okay, plenty good. of that, but 
Okay, um, you're not showing us Godzilla porn. Though. I have I have one for each of you. I think you'll both like it, and and you can feel free to look them up afterwards. Okay. Um, Mine's Godzilla porn. Right. Okay. Uh, it's very close, I would say. Um, <laughs> Fran, for you, I have uh-huh. the YouTube channel Chibi Godzilla, okay. which is <gasps> a official Godzilla. It's official. It's official. Um, it is about baby young Godzilla who hangs around with the baby versions of the other monsters like uh like baby that. uh baby rodan and baby mothra and baby Ghidorah, and learns lessons about how to be a better uh Aww. japanese citizen i think is the main that's great um is there adorable. is there's a comic and there is a youtube animated series i uh, am a little concerned because the second video on the playlist is called be delicious right so uh, <laughs> it's just about it. a bunch of silly little monsters having fun and learning lessons together. Ghidorah's coming. Ethan, for Great. you, uh, for you, I offer a different gift. Um, so in 2019, okay. to, to uh, tie in with the Shin Godzilla release and uh just the general like Shin Godzilla uh, universe that was expanded on with the animes that have been coming out recently in universal studio, Japan, they came up with a 4d ride that is called <clears throat> the name of the ride is called Godzilla versus Evangelion. The real 4d. <laughs> In in which in which the rider uh, en- enters an Eva from Evangelion. Of course. Of course. Um, uh, maybe I should just let the plot synopsis speak for itself. Uh, following the devastation of the second impact, Japan's capital is moved from Tokyo 2 to Osaka 3. The city's buildings are outfitted with turrets to defend it in case of another angel attack. Additionally, strange cosmic waves have recently been causing electrical disturbances throughout Japan. It's at this point that Godzilla appears, and the Evas are deployed in order to subdue him. But while they're fighting each other, King Ghidorah appears, and it is revealed that Godzilla only appeared to fight King Ghidorah. And so Godzilla and the Evangelions team up to destroy King Ghidorah. They succeed in their mission, and Godzilla returns to the Pacific Ocean as... I fuck you not. Shinji looks on and just goes, God bless you, Godzilla. Thank you for helping me. Oh, man. Asuka's sitting there. She's going, Baka Shinji. Baka Godzilla. The worst part about this um, is... Did they have to rewrite the plot because people didn't like the ending? This a couple is, times from the, after they made the ride. This is first off, uh, Ray Anami and Asuka are in. They're all. It's literally the cast of, of the whole crowd Eva- here. Evangelion. Whole, whole, whole Everyone is here. And um, the saddest part, it's lost media. It doesn't uh, exist no! anymore. Oh. Um, there is no known recording of the show ride. And no, the only thing that exists that I can tell is a audio recording 
of the show that was taken from someone's phone in their pocket during the show that has never been translated to English. So I know that it's not going to happen. But if I could pray to the universe, <laughs> I I work with some like I work in the same line of stuff as this. And so yeah. I know when you reach the end of production, you tend to just throw these things away or you're under NDA and you like have to dispose of them. But I also know there's some weasel out there who fucking hid away the MP3 file of whatever video they were playing <laughs> at this 40 ride, which is it's like on the things where it like rocks around and then it's mm -hmm. like Shinji you're baka and then it like spits like gamer girl like yeah like spits gamer girl spit into your face and stuff like that and you're like ah I know there's a video somewhere of this and I need to see, I need to see it I need to know what the I am so like we're doing it so wrong here. I've been to Universal <laughs> Studios America and they had a Kong ride, but it like compared Not to this. this. Oh my God. Um, so that's, that's pretty amazing. Um, also the, the plot of the, sh the show, the 40 show happens at Universal Studios, Japan. Um, so what I'm told from the wiki is that apparently you can see other rides uh, like Hogwarts Castle in the background of this <laughs> fucking Godzilla vs. Evangelion crossover event. So oh my God. I, I don't know. That's all I could find. That's all I've got for you guys. I hope, you, yeah. I hope that that titillated your, your yeah, desires. Yeah, I don't even... I don't even want to try and do like an ender sting or anything. I just want to go out on that. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm also, I'm watching the Chibi no, Godzilla watching series. Chibi. I'm, glad, right. I'm glad I could find some gifts for. I put a screenshot in the chat for you guys. Yeah. It's very I'm, cute. I'm glad I could find some gifts for you guys to end this episode. And uh, indeed, it's the end of the episode. That's right. You've got to the end of another action packed lore, you know. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, we love to have you here. We love sharing the knowledge that we have of, I I feel like expert kaiju knowers, I feel like we can be classified at this point. We've done enough. Yeah. We oh, understand yeah. enough. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I feel it's inevitable someone asked for an Evangelion episode. To that, I say, as I always do, maybe. <sighs> I don't know. Maybe if we get a million subscribers <laughs> and 100 likes on this video and we'll think about it. Um, but of course, in addition to thanking you guys for listening to the podcast and for rating us highly on the podcast and for liking and subscribing and telling your friends and all that good stuff that we love it when you do, we want to thank Gailstorm Kitsune for doing the artwork for the podcast. And we want to thank Apajo for doing the intro and outro song as iconic as Godzilla theme song, which is, well, the Godzilla leap motif is 70 years old. They still use it every once in a while. So in 70 years, check out Apajo, see if he's still banging him out. I'm sure he will be. That's it, guys. We made it to the end. I, I'm spent. I'm, but I'm overjoyed. I'm like a, it's like, I, speaking as a man, I feel like I'm a woman who's just given childbirth and I'm so happy. And it was a labor of love. And I, I'm overjoyed and I can't wait to do it again. And to that ends, I've been CJ. I've been Ethan.
And I've been watching Cooking with Chibi Godzilla. It's very cute. I That's actually one of ours. We own that. Um, it's pretty good. <laughs> Do you think that Shinji's dad is disappointed in Godzilla? I think that the way that they got Godzilla to fight was Shinji's dad just looking at him being like, you're pathetic. And Shin Godzilla was like, oh, fine. I, w I will fight it, but I'll complain the whole time.